Hi, I'm Tommy Malant, a 2020 Mariah's Challenge scholarship winner. And here's what Mariah's Challenge means to me. It means establishing moral principles and adhering to them regardless of peer pressure. It means saying no to underage drinking and never getting into a vehicle with a driver who is impaired. It means being a leader and not let others around you accept underage drinking or let anyone you know get in a car with someone who is impaired. It means pursuing excellence and not letting alcohol and drugs take that away from you. It means setting a positive example for the generations that follow. I'm Tommy Malad and I accept Mariah's challenge. I hope you join me and show that you too are butte tough. Today's podcast is presented by Lone Peak Physical Therapy. Let me tell you a little bit about why I will always owe a debt of gratitude to Lone Peak. My son is playing baseball for Butte High School this year. He is a freshman and will play on the junior varsity team. Had you seen him try to run to first base two years ago, you never would have thought that was possible. That is where Lone Peak Physical Therapy came into play. Thanks to Beth at Lone Peak, we found a diagnosis for Grady's problem. When specialists told us they didn't know, Beth would not give up. She kept sending us to other specialists looking for answers. Eventually, we got a diagnosis, and it was good news. Physical therapy and some time would fix it. That's when Beth and fellow Lone Peak physical therapist Jake came into play. They got to work to teach Grady how to run again. When specialists around the western half of the country were willing to write Grady off as unfixable, Beth and Jake would not stop. Sure, Grady is not going to lead the team in stolen bases. If he improves as much over the next two years as he did the last two, however, he just might be in the conversation. That is all thanks to Beth and Jake and the rest of the crew at Lone Peak Physical Therapy. If you are not living your best life, call Lone Peak in Butte at 406-494-7050 today or visit LonePeakPT.com to find one of the other nine locations around the state. Call today and start feeling better as early as tomorrow. I'm glad that's where I took my son, and I am proud to say that Lone Peak is a sponsor of the Buttecast. Now, let's get the show started. Welcome to the Butte Cast with Bill Foley. It's a podcast about the greatest city in the world, Butte, America. Amen. Let's meet the people and characters who make Butte the richest hill on earth. Woo-hoo! Now, here's my dad, Bill Foley. Over the last couple of decades of the 20th century, Butte had a very strong contingent of Montana legislators. I think the world's of guys like Dan Harrington, Larry Steinmetz, J.D. Lynch, and Fritz Daly, just to name a few. One former legislator who might just leave the longest-lasting legacy is Bob Pavlovich. In his years in Helena, Pavlovich fought to bring a veteran's home to the mining city. In the two decades that followed his political career, Pavlovich kept fighting until the home and clinic opened less than two years ago in Butte. The home helps take care of the men and women who put their lives on the line so that we can be free. As he approaches his 94th birthday, Pavlovich is still working on the project. He would like to add another building to the already beautiful facility. Most of us know Pavlovich as a longtime owner of the Met Tavern in Butte. Some of us know him as a politician and others know him as a baseball player. He played first base and pitched on Butte's 1946 state champion American Legion team. For years to come, people will remember Pavlovich for the veterans' home he helped bring to town. When you think about it, it should be named after him. On Friday, March 24th, I visited Pavlovich at his home in Butte for this conversation. It is a long one, but it is worth your time. 
When I was a student at the University of Montana Journalism School, Dean Frank Allen gave us some great advice on interviewing people. He said, quote, never interrupt an old Indian when he's telling legend. <laughs> now, I could have talked with Mr. Pavlovich for days. I would have, too, if I did not have to leave to take my son to baseball practice. So, I encourage you to listen to the whole conversation. You will not believe the names that are dropped. Trust me, you will not believe them. As always, please remember to support our sponsors. They are the ones who keep these fun conversations coming. Tell them you heard them on the Buttecast. Also, please tell your friends about the podcast and tell them how they, too, can listen in. Now, let's catch up with a true Butte legend, Bob Pavlovich. Thanks for inviting me into your home today for this conversation. No problem. I've been looking forward to talking to you for quite some time. <laughs> I'd, uh, I, got, I got to meet you years ago when you were campaigning. Oh. Now I remember talking yeah, to you. Yeah, that's quite a few years ago. Yeah, that's at least well, 25, started, 30 years. I started in 79 and I quit in 2000. Yeah. I had 22 years up to 11 sessions. 11 sessions. And, and it took uh, another 20 through, 21 years after you were out of there to finally get the project you were working on for so yeah. long and yes, getting the, the veterans home yeah. in the clinic out here. Yeah, I, the first veterans home, <clears throat> I introduced a bill in 1993 to have it in Butte. Just in Butte, not South West anything like that. Yeah. And no opposition, no nothing, it passed. Flying colors. Mm-hmm. Passed the House, passed the Senate, sat on the governor's desk. Then I had uh, Representative Johnson was his name, from Glendive. He said, Bob, I want to talk to you for a minute. He said, I got a group of guys from Eastern Montana. We want to have a little meeting with you. He says, we'll have lunch and, and talk about it. I said, okay. So the next day we have lunch and they were sitting there. They says, we want you to amend the bill and build it in Eastern Montana. <laughs> and I looked at him. I said, whoa, now, wait a minute. You know, that's, I got a problem here. I says, I want one in Western Montana, in Southwest Montana. <clears throat> So I says, you got to let me think about this. I says, i got to talk to my people, my representatives, the rest of them. I says, and the Southwest Montana people, and see what they think about it. So we had the meeting, and then, then I got my group together, the Butte Anaconda delegation, Dylan and, and uh, Darrell Lodge and them. And I told them, I says, hey, they want me to amend it and build it in eastern Montana. Now, what do you guys think about it? You know, you guys helped me with this bill. We had no problem with it. It was still like nothing to it. And they says, well, they sat there. They says, you know, it's your bill. you got to do what you want to do with it. Yeah. I thought, now you're not guys and not too much help, you know. <laughs> so I sat there and I thought, I says, all right, I'll get back to you. So I went down to the governor, Roscoe at the time, and it was sitting on his desk, and he says, Bob, what do you want to do? I says, you know, Governor, I don't know what I want to do. I says, I want to build it in Butte, but they need it worse than eastern Montana, and my delegation, southwest Montana, told me it's all up to me. I says, Governor, it's sitting there. Can I leave it there for a couple days and think about this? He says, I'll leave it there until you come back. I says, okay, fine. So I talked to the different guys again, Quillacy and <clears throat> J.D. and all of them, uh, Menahan and Fritz and all of them, all, all these guys from southwest Montana. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, 
They said, it's up to you, it's up to you. They kept telling me I got to make my decision. <laughs> so I finally, about two or three days later, I went down to the governor. I says, uh, governor, amend it. Put a governor's amendment in it to build it in eastern Montana. Yeah. I said, I'll go along with it. I said, because they promised me they'll help me to get one in southwest Montana. So we amended it in 1993. It passed. They started to build it in 1995. He was still governor. We flew over and for the opening ceremonies for it. Uh -huh. Took two years to build it as all. Yeah. It was wings, so you know, not separate homes like this. Yeah. Big wings like you have in a hospital. And they had a... Uh, uh, Alzheimer's wing and the regular one. It was very nice, very, very nice. They did a good job on it. I said, now you guys got to help me when we come back here. Well, that was 93, and we didn't get this thing here until, you know, it was quite a while. It was about 20 years before we got okay to build this one yeah. in southwest Montana. Finally, we got it, and we had the, the committee meetings. There was a representative, me, one from Anaconda, one from Vera Lodge, one from Dillon, one from uh, Boulder, and one from, uh, not Melrose, but uh, what am I trying to say? Over in the eastern part. Not Twin Bridges, but what's over there? Sheridan? Uh, huh? Sheridan? No, there's another one. Starts uh, with an M. With an M? I think so. No? Annis? There's no, it a, was not, yeah. it's not Twin Bridges. Okay. It's one of them in that, and okay. not sure, one of them in that string. Okay. Over. Anyway. My geography's not that good. <laughs> yeah, they had a representative for real, and we used to meet in each city, mm. and each city gave their presentation. Yeah. What they had to offer, what the land and buildings and what everything to go with it. And we went city to city to city, and everybody gave a good presentation. And we locked out in Butte to the fact, <clears throat> one, we had an airport. Hmm. Two, we had St. James Hospital where the doctors came in and said they would come out at any time there would be a doctor there if we needed one for a veteran. Yeah, that helps. There would uh, be the, you know, on call, there would be there, and nurses in that. And <clears throat> the land was donated to us, Harrington, from Harrington's Waddle. Uh -huh. They know that he owned all that land out there. And he still he owns just donated that. Huh? Yeah, he donated the land because we were looking for land. Yeah. But he says, I'll deal. Donate the land if you guys get it. He donated the land, and we told him we got the land. We got everything, you know. <clears throat> we had the, the plumbers union, everybody that come in and said, they, yeah. they do this, they do that, whatever had to be done, what, carpenters and all <clears throat> And finally, we sat there, like I said, we discussed it in Helena after we went to East City. We were in Helena, I think, three or four days over St. Patrick's Day. And, you know, we were talking about each one, each, each presentation. And we started it all over again. It took us three days. And we got there. And then finally, the gentleman, I can't think of his name now, damn it, and he passed away from... Uh, <clears throat> God, now what are we trying to say? Not Anaconda, but Deer Lodge. Right. The, the gentleman from Deer Lodge, he says, well, you know, we've been going at this for three days up here. He says, I'd like to go home. He says, I'm going to cast my vote for Butte. <laughs> so I thought, well, I got two votes. Yeah. Now i got to have three to tie, four to win. Well, the one from Boulder, he got a little upset about it, about voting so quick he's not ready to vote and everything. So he was <laughs> kind of mad, actually. 
And so we decided, let's call the meeting off today. Yeah. <laughs> let's adjourn for the day. It was St. Patrick's Day anyway. A good day. Huh? Yeah, it was St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> so we adjourned, and I says, come on, I'll, says, I'll take you guys out to Country Club and buy us all a corned beef dinner. And there's only two that went with me, the chairman from Anaconda and uh, the guy from Deer Lodge. Yeah. They came with me. So, no, not from Deer Lodge. Who the hell was it? Anaconda and, and uh, oh, the Dillon, okay. Mr. Uh, Straw from Dillon came with us. We had lunch at the country club. We sat there and talked about it and everything. And, you know, they couldn't figure out why which of them got so upset. But... <laughs> Everything turned out good. We had a nice dinner, had a couple of drinks, stayed in there where we met the next day. And we, as, as the meeting started, the gentleman from Deer Life says, you know, he says, we started off yesterday. I'm going to repeat myself. I'm going to take the first vote and I vote for Butte yeah. for the designation. So I'm thinking I got two votes, mine in there. Then they were thinking about it. Then, <clears throat> what's his name? Uh, from Dillon. Uh-huh. Uh, he says, you know, he says, I have to agree with the gentleman from Deer Lodge. He says, I'm going to vote for Butte. And then the lady from uh, Melrose, yeah, Melrose, she says, I'll go along with Dylan and I'll vote for Butte. Nice. Then the chairman from Anaconda says, well, you got a majority now. I'll vote for Butte and we'll go. That'll settle it. Yeah. So I got the five votes and that was it, you know. Yeah. That, that was the end of it. The guy from Boulder wasn't too happy with it, really. <laughs> but anyway, since that's happened, he's left out now. You know, he, he wanted to have that built and keep Boulder alive. Yeah. Because they lost that school and everything up there. And now they got the highway school in there in yeah. Boulder, which makes it real nice. That'll help that community. Yeah, that was They're a big remodeling the buildings for the highway department. So it worked out real good, you know. Uh, now I can't think of his name. The work for the city of Butte that helped me, did a lot of the work. Uh, he retired. That starts with an S. Uh, you got to mm. know it. Mm. Worked for Butte? Yeah, he's, real, he's retired. He, was at the, he worked for that division up there in the courthouse. For Silverbow County, uh, oh, uh, Cecil, John, yeah. John Cecil, yeah, yeah, right. He's the one that really helped me. He yeah. did a lot, a lot of work, okay. a lot of work to work on. He makes the presentations and everything. I mean, he was really, really good. He's the one that sold it. Really, I mean, because so. he knew what to say, what we got, and everything like that, which I had no idea. Yeah. You know, I mean, on the plumbing, carpentry, anything like yeah. that, sewer, whatever. But he gave a good presentation. He was real, real the guy Cisco was. So <clears throat> when we got it, he did a good job and. And that was it. We got the boats, and then they, you know, two years later, they, they start building it. And now it's all done. It's yeah. great. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, have you been out there? I, I haven't seen it. I've seen pictures. Uh, uh, have you been in one of the buildings? I have not, no. You should go out I'll and make a little tour. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tell them you know somebody out there. You're not sure if he's here. Can I go look in one of the... Yeah. Know, somebody will take you. Yeah. And then you can see, you know, they, there's 12 beds in each one. Each is a separate bed. All lined up in a row. Each one has their own bathroom, nice big kitchen. Uh, they got a kind of a day room there, and they got a uh, what am I going to say? A, a kind of a hot water pool where you can sit in. Uh, some oh. therapy room. Okay. Uh, they got a therapy room. Really, really great. A nice, like you say, uh, sun deck and everything yeah. like that. Now we're going to we passed a bill 
or, or our committee, which I sit on, and Dave from Anaconda is the chairman, and Bill Willing is still from Anaconda. He still comes. Uh, Straw from Dillon, he don't come to our meetings anymore. He got a little upset one time about <laughs> something that was said. And I, I don't know what it was, but he got up and he left the meeting and didn't make the next one. So I called him. I said, what's wrong? He says, I got a problem. And he wouldn't tell me what it was. I said, would you mind coming back to the next meeting? So he didn't come to the next meeting. He made a few statements, and he didn't like what happened, and he left, and we haven't seen him since. I talked to him on the phone, but he won't come to another meeting. And see, so he represented actually, uh, not Melrose, uh, what of that, that little town over there? Uh, was it the Sheridan area, Twin, Twin mm. Bridges and yeah. all that? The lady, he represented them and their, and White or, and Dylan. So he always had two votes, but he, he just won't come anymore. And and uh, there's a gentleman that does come from them there and represents that area. He makes every meeting. Everybody has somebody there now that represents their county. Yeah. <coughs> And like I say, I think, if I'm not mistaken, somebody told me the last meeting we had that all five are full. Now, we got just enough land to build another building. Okay. But we need something like five to eight million dollars. Now, the state has got all that big surplus you read in the paper, yeah. something like 127 million or something like that. I don't know. So I told our representatives, I told... Uh, the young fella. He's in the Senate. Hawk? Uh, Donovan Hawk? Or no, he... no, no. Hawk's in the house. Okay. No, but, uh, yeah, I'm not... Uh, damn it. I should there. be more uh, abreast of who our representatives are. In yeah, he's city. a senator. He was in the house. Okay. And then he had his eight years in the house. Now he's going to sit in the Senate for eight years. Good kid. You know him, too. I know you know the yeah. name. The name of... Jump up pretty quick and hit me in the head. But he's doing a real good job. Uh, so I told him, and I've called him a couple times, and I've also called uh, JD's daughter and told her to look at it in the, in the house. But she's a freshman, so it's going to be a little tough for her to get yeah, anything done being a freshman. Build up some time. You know, there, yeah. She's, yeah, she's going to be lost, you know what I mean? Yeah. Really, you are lost. But <clears throat> what's his name? Damn it. Anyway. Uh, He's working on it in the yeah. Senate to see and with all that surplus to see if we can get five to eight million dollars out of there. And then I talked to Sesco, a tester rather, excuse me. I talked tester. to Tester in, in Washington, D.C., and I told him when he's here, we need some money. I said, you guys got a surplus. Get us some enough money. You're on the committee. You're the chairman. We need just enough money to build one more unit. I says, we'll make it an Alzheimer's unit, one half of it, and half of it for regular patients. Yeah. He says, I'll look into it, and I'll see if I can get the money. So that's where we're at. We're waiting yeah. to see what happens. So even after, it, so this wasn't a final moment for you when you finally get to see it built come to fruition, this dream that you had for 30 years right. comes to fruition. 
and you're working for more. Yeah, well, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, well, you know, I never <laughs> thought about it when, you know, I thought we just had enough room for five units, yeah. but we got that piece of land there for six. Yeah, might as well build So I thought one. we might as well build something there, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, it's just going to be grass. Yeah. So they're talking about it. I, I told my committee about it. I talked to everybody. I told our committee when they go home to talk to their representatives about it and get more money. We need our yeah. money, to, you know. I like I talked to JD's daughter, and I, the, what's her name in the Senate? It's a common name. Who was mayor for a couple of times? Uh, give me a mayor's name besides people. Uh, Bab uh, Lynch. Bab, no, not Bab. Uh, Jacobson. No. Fighters, uh, I couldn't. You're missing me. Fisher. No. Was, yeah, Dave Fisher was there for a little bit. Uh, yeah, uh, damn it. Vincent was in there. Uh, Irish name. Ryan Lynch. Is that it? Lynch. Ryan Lynch. Lynch. I think it's Lynch. Yeah. Ryan Lynch. Let me see. In the 37th precinct. Lynch, Ryan Lynch, Butte, mainly Irish. Yeah, consultant, right. That's it, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan Lynch. I've talked to him about it. So he's working on it in the Senate. Real good. And, of course, the House members are working with them, too. Yeah. They're helping. So we'll see what that surplus was. I think the paper said there was over almost close to $3 million or billion dollars uh, extra to the, the state. Yeah, had. we have a surplus. I keep yeah, they got us, a yeah. surplus up there. I know it's close to three. I know it's got to be more than $3 million, maybe $3 billion. Yeah. The big, big surplus. I said, there's enough money in there. Oh, it says all we need is $5 million, or even $3 million, and we'll get some from the feds. But we'll see what happens. They're, yeah. they're working on it. That's yeah. that's one of our problems. Well, that, that must have felt pretty good to see that building finally open up. Oh, yes, it up. was. It was quite a yes, it is. You know, I'm, like I say, building the, the home give us also the clinic. You know what I yeah. mean? They thought there's no sense in having an anaconda. They'd have to travel all the time. Yeah. Let's, we got enough money. Federals have, let's put a clinic in Butte, and then they're right there next door to each other. Yeah. So then, you know, it's full. There's 60 veterans out there right now, and they can, you know, if they have to see a doctor, bingo, yeah. right, just across the street. And those so are the people we want to take care of, too, the veterans. Yeah, you know, they right. served our country. Yes, we got to take care of them in their old age. Yeah, it's real nice. I I told them to save me a room, but they're full right now. I said, well, <laughs> they, this, they had a room for me, but I haven't, I'm not ready to get there yet. But I'm thinking about it. We'll see what happens. You know, it's tough to live in a house lonely all by yourself. Yeah. And although my kids are good. I got two daughters here and a granddaughter. They come and visit me all the time, take care of me, do the grocery shopping. Then my son and daughter, they live in Seattle, John and Maureen. You might know John. He was a policeman for the forest. John yeah. Pavlovich. Yeah, I and talked to John the other day. over there. Yeah. She works for, for Eddie Bauer. They stop in. They, well, John just left. He was here for six days. Maureen uh, is in Seattle. She's going to come for Easter. She'll stay a week. My son Dennis was just here in February. He's in, he lives in Fairbanks, and he's retired. He comes down, and he stays for a week. Him and his wife came down for a week. So they rotating it actually. Yeah. You know, and like I say, I got Marcy here, I got Julie here, my two daughters, and I got my granddaughter Marissa here, yeah. who has three kids. So I got company, but they, they always stop it in to see me. Yeah. Make sure, like I say, I got a grocery list there. 
Maureen will, or Marcy will be here tomorrow, Saturday. She'll go shopping for me. Oh, that's Get nice. everything I need, yeah. Yeah, and that's like the veterans' home out there. Not only it gives them a place to stay and be taken care of, but it gives them, and they're part of a community. Like, yeah. they, oh yes, yes. You know, is. they they have ro yes. rooms. They do things together, yeah. and yeah, you can you can go visit. You know, they don't get a bus out there. They'll they got a shuttle. They'll take you anywhere you want to go. Yeah. If you want to go visit, sorry, if you live in Butte, you know, you got a relative, or if you want to go see, go up to St. James and see a doctor in the emergency for something like that, or just go shopping. Whatever they, but they do have a shuttle yeah. to take you anywhere. Yeah. And when I when I got up, I was talking to him. I says, uh, <clears throat> when I come out here, I said, where do I park my truck? Uh, they said, you can't have a vehicle. I mean, if I come out here, I don't have uh, any transportation. If I want to go someplace, yeah, we got a shuttle that'll take you anywhere you want. I says, no, no, I want to drive my own. I I know where I want to yeah. go. He says, no, you don't get no vehicle. Yeah. Then I was thinking about it. I said, well. I'll take my truck and I'll park it over the three bears and leave it there. <laughs> then I'll take the shuttle over the three bears and send the shuttle back and I got my truck. And so we've been talking about that, but they told me they're going to watch me like a hawk yeah. if I get there. But it's full, so I got no problem. Yeah. But it's nice. It's going to be very, very nice. Yeah, and you like to, you're, what, you're 94 I'm this year? 94. I'll be 94. You'll be 94. Don't want to, don't want to, don't want to jump the gun on that, yeah. right? But, and you're still June. and you drive your truck around town quite a bit still. Well, I'm not supposed to. Yeah, your well, your kids my, don't like you, right? My kids don't like it, but yeah. I don't go anywhere. I go up to the depot, pick up some pull tabs for the basketball game and football game, or I'm a member out the country club. Yeah. So, so I go out there and take a shower two or three times a week, and in the wintertime, we got a pinochle game going all the time. So I'll sit down if I can get in a seat yeah. and play pinochle, and I usually have breakfast out there. So, like I say, I'll usually go on Monday when there's nobody there, when the, when the bar and yeah. the kitchen are closed. I'll go and there's nobody, you know, you, go, you can take that shower and there's nobody in the shower with you. Yeah. And, and then when I'll go out on either uh, Friday or Saturday or maybe Sunday, all depends how I feel. And then I'll take my second shower. I go twice a week at least. Yeah. I try to get there at least that many times. Yeah. Pass me that bottle with. Thank you. Yeah, that's a it's a nice place out there. Oh, it is. It's nice, yeah. you know. And I do have breakfast, and it's nice. I got, I've been a member out there since 1953. Really? I've been an old. I think I'm the oldest member there. Uh, Jack Burgess died from the Montana Fires. Oh, okay. I didn't. And I think he joined before me, and we're about the same age. Yeah. I think he was 94, maybe 95. I'm not sure. Okay. Do you get a chance to play golf anymore, or you just go out and hang out at the club? No, I go out there. I'm just a social member. Now. Yeah. I've been a social member for now about three years. Yeah. No, I can't golf, but I like to go out there, you know, see the fellas. And I can, uh, I, my dues are what, $140 a month. And uh, I get $50 that use it or lose it. Yeah. So I have breakfast or have lunch or something. And that's like good that. food out there, too. Yeah. So I, yeah, you know, I got a locker. I got everything I need out there. And, and then, I, you know, in the summertime, <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, the golfing starts. I usually go out there, and they give me the, the pro shop. Will give me a cart, and I'll ride around the course, watch, see who's playing, and oh. watch them play two or three holes. Then I'll bring it back in. But the pro shop is good. They give me a cart anytime I want one. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So it's real life. So I can go out and watch them golf all the time. Yeah. And like I say, in the wintertime, like today, now I've been out there except for you. 
I would have went out today and took a shower and snuck in the pinochle game if there was a seat <laughs> open. Or if somebody gets out and lets me play. Yeah, I'd game. imagine they got to, yeah, they, yeah. they step aside for but Bob Pavlovich, it, right? It's full every day. It's a big game, oh, huh? It's full every day. Yeah, you got to get there early to get a seat. <laughs> and the same guys play. And in fact, uh, Dr. Strong from uh, Three Forks. He drives in five days a week to play that pinochle game. No kidding. Monday no. through Friday. He don't come Saturday and Sunday yeah. because there's no pinochle. But Monday through Friday, he drives in every day of the week and he over the old road, Harding Way. Oh, He no. don't come over the interstate. Oh, he likes Harding Way. He yeah. comes over. I said, Doctor, you're nuts. He says, no. He says, you know, they grade that road right away because there's kids out there that got to go to school. Yeah. The school buses are out there. See, so I know it's going to be, he says, it's simple, no problem. It's nice and clean. I said, well, Doc, all right, I, I believe you. Yeah, he must be a good pinochle player. Oh, good, yeah. He loves to play pinochle. Yeah. Loves to play. He's not that good at it. He's good, he, but he misses a lot of Are things. you a good pinochle player? Yeah, I've been playing it for a lot of years. I, yeah. I don't have to say I've been playing it. See, I'm 94. I started, we were in grade school when we started playing pinochle wow. in the seventh or eighth grade. Yeah. Me and Ferroni. Uh, oh, for service might have played Billy Dunn uh, Kello maybe but the guys I ran around with yeah we always had a three-handed game fed a beautiful game really? well, you, you're pretty good friends with Jim Kello yeah oh very close because you guys play baseball together see I, I used to call I grew up with Jim Kello Harry Ferroni Wilbur Johnson George Vesurvich Judo Stanisic yeah. John Bielitich Mitch Ivankovic, I said Kello, Dan Dysich, Joe Zedrich, uh, they were a little older, John Kello a little older. Uh, I can't think of That's a pretty good collection of guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had a good group, you know. Yeah. I mean? Like our, our great school baseball team. You know, there was me, Johnson, Wilbur Johnson, Cliff Johnson, Ferroni, uh, God. Claire, Claire Merzlach, Don Reynolds, Denny Burns, George Vesurvich, Jim Kello, I said, I think. Yeah. And I, and I can't. And our grade school league. When we yeah. played for where did, that where did you 19, play, Grant? Yeah, well, for Grant. Where was Grant at? Was that up? Grant, where the... By the pit? You know where the, the senior citizens... Yeah, the Belmont is? there. All right, now that's in the four. The Grant would be a block over further. Oh, okay. The grant was in, I was seven, six. The grant was in the 500 block. The grant would be, the grant be where all the houses are. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, was That was your neighborhood? Yeah, that was the neighborhood, yeah. yeah the, you know, like I said, we. Just kind of north of the cabbage patch there, right? Yeah, yes. We, uh, Bill Cullen was the city director in that then. And he started the baseball league for grade school, actually. So it was in 64. So we, I played for Grant, and we had the Southern League, and we played at Clark's Park. Grant, Sacred Heart, uh, Emerson, Greeley, all the schools on the net area. Mm -hmm. Then they had the Western League that was played at the Cinders. And oh. that was that was uh, St. Pat's and, and uh, well, name the school. I see, Pat's yeah. And, uh, I, I can't even think of the... They had a great school. Webster Garfield, yeah. uh, McKinley, McKinley was alive. McKinley, Lincoln was still going, and the McKinley was still going, and uh, up North Sherman, and all them. 
they had their league up there. Yeah. And like I said, we had ours in, in uh, at Silver Bowl or Clark's Park. We played, and we won the Southern Division down there. Never lost a game. Went undefeated. Mm. We played Anaconda for the, the Tri City Championship. And they beat us one game, and we won two. So we lost one game for the year. Yeah. Really, you know, like I say, on that team, uh, like I say, it was myself, Cliff Johnson, Wilbur Johnson, Harry Ferroni, George Fitzgerald, Jim Kello, Claire Mirzak, Don Reynolds, Denny Burns, uh, Cliff Johnson, you know, uh, on that grade school team. Yeah. And like I say, we went undefeated and played Anaconda. We played IC for the city championship, and that was Sweeney and the boys up there. Oh, Sweeney and Jim Boyer. Sweeney, yeah. Yeah, they had a good team. Yeah, we were lucky. We beat them two straight in the city. We were very lucky, but they had a good team. Yeah, very good team. And then of course, that was in '64. Then in '65, we went out for Legion Ball. Oh. And then we played Legion Ball. I yeah played in '65 and in '66. '65, I made the team, but I wasn't the regular first baseman or that. Uh, we had uh, Lowney. Jim Lowney was the first. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Jim. And what year did you graduate from high school? Excuse me? What year did you graduate from high school? Is it 46? I graduated in 19... I got a soft 1967. Oh, 47? 67. We won, we won this... I played 64 grade school baseball, 65, 66 Legion baseball, 67 I graduated. Yeah. I, I got out in the middle of the term, but I didn't get my diploma until May of 67. And May of 67, on graduation day, at that time I was working at the main public market on South Main Street, right below Danny Wong's uh, Chinese town. Oh, okay. We used to send all the groceries upstairs in the alley on the pulley. <laughs> I worked there. My, I'd say my godfather, Mike Christie, huh. owned the store. And I worked for him my senior year. I had nothing to do. I went, to, in fact, and say in August of 19, I got to stop and think, it's 65, I guess it would be. I went and tried to join the Army, and they wouldn't take me because of my eyes. Yeah. So I got out of school at that time. You could start school in January, you know, in the grade school and in high school. Yeah. They had, when I was, like I said, when I was seven years old, six, seven years old, I went to school in January. I started my first grade. Oh. And I got out. We got out in the middle of the term. Went to high school in January, in the middle of the term. Mm. You know, you could skip a half year and wait if you wanted to. Some, some did do that. I went and got out. So I, like I say, in August of '65, I tried to join the army. My eyes were bad. Six, I got my. I had to wait till May of '66 to get my diploma. So that's five months there. I worked for my godfather at the grocery store. Then on graduation day, the recruiter for the Army came down. He says, you still want to go to the Army? I said, yeah, but you guys won't take me. i got bad eyes. He said, well, come on up and take the test. So I left and went up and took the test. And the big E, he said, which way is the point? And I said, right. He said, that's it. <laughs> and that was it. The test got a little easier, that huh? <laughs> Signed my name right then and there. Yeah. Went down to the grocery store, told my godfather, I'm leaving. I said, I'm going to the Army. Yeah. And he said, when are you leaving? I said, I think we're leaving tomorrow or the day after. Well, it was funny. George Stanisich, judo, he heard about it. 
He was working for a relative of his on West Park Street. I think it was a grocery store. He says, you can't go without me. So he went down, but he signed up for 18 months. And at that time, they were drafting you for 18 months. No. So he only signed up for 18 months, but I signed up for three years. And I told him I want to go to Europe for my uh, when I get through. I want to put my time in Europe. But anyway, then the George Reservoir heard about it. He says, you guys can't go without me. <laughs> so he signed up for 18 months. Fritzy Deborah was with Centrum. And he says, well, I'm going with you guys, but I'm going for three years with Vaughn. And then Poker Terrence, who ran around with us, he says, you guys can't go without me. So he signed up for 18 yeah. months. So all of us were going. And uh, I was surprised Muzz didn't go with us. Or Wilbur. Wilbur was, uh, he was going to go to school in Gonzaga. He got a scholarship to play baseball in Gonzaga with Jim McCaughey. McCaughey was the shortstop. Johnson was the second baseman. For four years in Gonzaga, yeah. they played baseball. And then Wilbur played uh, semi-pro baseball there. He played for the Spokane Indians. They were a pro team. He played shortstop or short second base for them for three or four years. And then he got in to scouting and managing. Congratulations to this week's Lescovar Honda Athletes of the Week, East Middle School 8th graders Kaylee Maring and Riley Mingus. Both take home the honors after their second season participating in unified sports at the school. Marion receives the girls' honor after showing that she was a strong force for Coach Shahan's Wildcats. Mingus is the boys' honoree after playing forward for Coach Dennehy's Eagles. Congratulations, Kaylee and Riley, and thank you, Lescavar Honda, for honoring the hardworking student-athletes of the Mining City. Hey, Butte America, John Davis here at Lescavar Honda. If you've been putting off the purchase of that new truck or SUV, now's the time to start looking. We have one of the largest selections of cars, trucks, and SUVs, and prices that just can't be beat. Most of our vehicles come with a 20-year, 200,000-mile warranty to help with those costly repairs and giving you that peace of mind. Since 1957, Lescavar Honda has been here for you. Stop on down to see us, Lescavar Honda. You go into the military in 46, World, War, World War II just it no, ended. No, it was over. Yeah, so, World, and you World went to Europe. 45. But, the, of course, there was probably a lot to do in the military oh, yeah, then. Was, it wasn't yeah. an easy time. We took our basic all together. And, Jordan, like I said, Juno and Georgie and them guys, 18 months, man, they, they stayed in the States. They went somewhere for the next 15 months or so yeah. and did their duty, and then they got out. I, I, I <clears throat> Basic was over. They shipped me home. I got home for eight days, and then I had a report to Kent Stoneman in, outside of San Francisco. I got on a troop ship. We went to Hawaii. I got off in Hawaii, went up to Schofield Barracks to the 18th Engineer Construction Company. Hmm. And I, I was there, and sta- I was getting stationed there. And I wasn't there more than a week, maybe maybe two weeks, and they said, we're shipping out. So the whole company boarded an LST. And we were going to Kwajalein, but the, the Bikini Atoll. Kwajalein Islands. Yeah. We went in this uh, LST that holds all the equipment in the belly, you know. Yeah. You see them advertised. And there's room for people to sleep on and maintain it. So we're 15 days on that old across the Pacific Ocean, crossing the, the uh, what do they call it? The, the deadline, the middle. 
Oh, the Dateline, International uh, Dateline? What, what, uh, the Equator? The Equator. Oh, okay. So we had to go through Navy Jones's locker, got baptized. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, we got baptized on it. <laughs> you didn't meet them, though, did oh, you? Oh, man, we got, they did a good job. <laughs> yeah. The only thing they do is throw us overboard. But they did a good job. They they fixed us up for a whole day. I'll tell you, it was a mess. Yeah. Laugh. You wouldn't believe it. But we, we got, it was good. It turned out real nice. But it took us 15 days to get there to Quadrantine. Yeah. The Bikini Atoll. And we unloaded. Then we went out to the different islands where you had to do your work. We were on this island. There was no name for the island. Where we did all the construction work. Mm. Building all the buildings for when the test goes off. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to work lucky on the main one, the main building where the instruments were going to be when they're going to take the pictures when the bomb goes off. Yeah. So we had holes in it. Now we had two wings to it. The two wings were big, and they were made out of four feet blocks. They were four feet square. Oh. Made that thing. The building, the whole building, everything was. Built within blocks, they were four feet thick, yeah. two rows of them around the building, actually, and the and the ceiling and the floor. That I mean, and they were eight feet thick, actually, yeah. with an amount of two. Wow. Then they had holes drilled in them where the instruments went in to take a picture. But inside this building, we had to build another building, where the instruments were going to be to protect the instruments, and that was made out of lead bricks, like yeah. a common house brick. Yeah. And they weighed 27 pounds apiece. Wow. And each floor design yeah. was a different design so the cracks wouldn't meet. Yeah. So the rays couldn't get in, you know. Yeah. So there were peepholes in there where the instruments were going to go out. And each one, we built one and inside this big building. And it had to be, well, I'm six feet tall. It was taller than me. Had to be a good eight feet tall yeah. inside the building. And we had four walls, a little door to get in, had a ceiling, and the walls were four feet thick, actually, inside that building yeah. to protect it from the rays coming in. Wow. You, know, you wouldn't believe it how big that was. Yeah. And we had to cut these bricks a different side so the rays couldn't get in, you know. Yeah. You, you laid a brick here, and then you had a common brick, and then you, where, they, where they laid the next one over, you had it where, where they couldn't. And we had a bandsaw where we cut the bricks. And I got the job of cutting the bandsaw. I almost cut my arm off one day. <laughs> it went through the bandsaw and cut it. Had a good gash in it, wow. but I didn't lose my arm. I still got it anyway. <clears throat> but we did that, and we were there. We were there a good eight months. Yeah, and then they have the but test. But it was interesting. They have the in test. Fact, I got a book where it shows uh, Operation Standstone. What it's called. Okay. In fact, yesterday or not yesterday. Before my son left, he found it on TV. He got it on the, on not on the venue, but on my uh, the computer. Call it the computer on the internet. Uh, on the internet, yeah. yeah I got the internet. I, the only thing I do on the internet is play the games. <laughs> I, I don't do, or I get the baseball scores. Yeah. In the, in the line, I know how to get that. Yeah. But he uh, he got on there, and he got the whole thing about what we did the construction. Yeah. On, on the internet, I couldn't believe it. Wow. And it said the 18th Engineer Construction Company. It was crazy to watch it. What yeah. we built on that thing down there. And then they set a bomb, uh, nuclear bomb, a bomb off. I didn't get to see the bomb. Oh, you didn't get to see it till no, no. that would have been no, kind of neat. They, uh, we got on a ship and we went to Christmas Island, and we got off there, 
And then we got on the plane and we flew back home. Mm. Back, back to Oahu, actually. Back to the Hawaiian Islands. Then I spent all my time there in Hawaii, actually. But it was good. I got to work on the different islands. We had the TDY rest area on the big island, Hawaii. We got to go over there for a week. We had uh, a, a, a platoon at a time got to go over yeah. seven day vacation after we come back from at a week yeah. talk. You know, they gave us all a break. It was nice. Yeah. You know, nothing to do. We yeah. had bicycles to ride. The billboard right by that volcano that's been going off. Oh, really? You're right yeah. in that? But it was dormant then. Yeah. It was on there. God, was, was Judo with you there? Was, I, was Judo Stanisich no, with you no, there? No, no, none oh. of them were with me. I okay. was the only one. Oh. They had their 18 months. They put their 18 months in the States. Oh, I don't know where they went. Because that might have been illegal to have too much fun if you were judo in Hawaii. Oh, we for would that. have had a good time. Oh, yeah. Because he was no, about as, he was about as fun would. as guys there was. Yeah, there? but they weren't going for, they didn't <laughs> want to go for three years. See, at that time, they were drafting people yet yeah. at 18 months. So they knew they were going to get drafted. So they figured, let's go and get it over with. Yeah. We'll all go together. Yeah. So they did. That's what they did. See, yeah. and that me and... and uh, um, John, from Kalispell, Johnson. Oh. Uh, he's a, he, uh, was it Johnson? Yeah. Kalispell, he played basketball for Kalispell, and he played against judo in high school. Yeah. He, he went with us. He went for three years. In fact, we were together in the same platoon for three years. I didn't get to, in the same platoon with judo and them. The 18 months were separated from the three-year men, but we were in the same company anyway. Yeah. So anyway. We ate dinner together. We ran into a bunch of, a uh, couple of three or four, actually Mexicans that were in our company. And mm. uh, they started to try to push us around. Well, that didn't work too good. And we picked <laughs> up a service one day and had a little argument. Yeah. And that was the end of it. After that, they were our friends. <laughs> but when we went to the child line, they were there. They led us into child line, right with them. We weren't at the inn. We were at the front. You were at the front. We were at the all the time. <laughs> and all we wanted to eat. Now, they were good kids. There were three or four of them. Yeah. But they, they thought they were going to push us around, but that was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> now, did did you pay attention? You, you Obviously, you follow baseball scores. It's your sport. Oh, yeah. Did you pay attention when the Butte Miners won the, the state legion title and the regional this title this oh, last year? Oh, yeah, I did. I sent them so many, even. I sent them... After they won it, I sent them a hundred dollar check, and during the season, I sent a hundred dollar check, and I never got a reply whether they ever got it. No, or not. well they better Nobody get on Nobody ever that. sent a letter, a thank you note, to let me know that they got the money. Yeah. I went out there once, but the wind was too much for me. Oh, it's, it can be a cold of, place. It's cold. I thought, no, I'm not coming back. It's too cold for me. Yeah. Maybe a Sunday afternoon if I can make it, but never again at night. Yeah. Now, but I never did hear from him. That truly really disappointed me. Yeah, I'll make now, sure I let yeah, him know Yeah, the that. manager, I can't even think of his name now. LaProuse? Yeah. yeah. I never Jim heard and, Not and a Jeff's word. Yeah. You know, you think, uh, a, a thank you note would say, you know. Yeah. You know, like, like we have. Yeah. We have these. You know, you can send a memorial. Lady so memorial. we have them for the nursing home out there, Southwest Montana. Yeah. When somebody dies, I put a check in here, put their name on it, and I send it to the Montana home. Right. They, in turn, will send a letter to the people I sent them, that they acknowledge it, that they are got a receipt, 
and their, their names will be mentioned yeah. at the nursing home. Yeah. So the Legion guy, they're probably not used no, to. They didn't do anything like that. Nothing like, like that. No, no. You know, he, he could have called me yeah. at least. Yeah. You know, said thanks. Well, I'll, you know, I'll make so, sure I get on. You know, the only thing I think about it, maybe they didn't get the money. Yeah. You know, I, maybe the American Legion Hall kept it all. I, I don't know. Yeah, I of course, no you never know where. Idea. I'll, I'll, I'll look into that for you because I know those guys pretty well, Jeff and Yeah, if you would. Thank and you. Jimmy. Yeah, they're, they're, good, they're really good guys. So they, I'm sure they, if they did get the money, they'd appreciate it pretty good. Though. Oh, yeah. And like I say, I know I sent them. <laughs> I can look at the checkbook and tell you yeah. even when I sent the money. No, you were, uh, you, you played on the four, in 46. We you were on the first four, Legion team for Butte. 45 and 46. Yeah. You know, the first Legion team, they won the American Legion champ or state championship in 1936. Oh, okay. I that know. was the first one. Uh, Richie Navarro played on it. Larry Stanwitz played on it. Fish Pineach played on it. Uh, Fish and uh, Nuts Pineach played on it. Larry Steinmetz played well, on Larry Steinmetz was a baseball player, huh? I knew some of them. But anyway, then we won it in, like you say, 10 years later. We won it in 46. 45, yeah. we just played. We didn't win it. 46, we won it. We, <clears throat> we went to Billings, and we had a two-game series with them. Gary lined it up. You know, and in them days, we had no bus. So oh, really? people had to take us. I mean, your dad or... I didn't have a father. Vesuvius uh, didn't have a father. You know, Wilbur didn't have a father. Yeah. So we, like Mr. McCaughey or Mr. Driscoll, they had cars. They would Pick take us. That's our transportation. So one time we we took the uh, the city taxi from the Finland Hotel, the big bus. Yeah. And we took that one time. But we went to Miles City, or Billings, actually, Gary lined up a two-game series, Saturday night and Sunday, so, because we figured we would be playing the Eastern Division would be Billings, and we would win the Western Division against Missoula, and we would play them for the state championship. Well, we played Missoula. Well, we went to Billings. I'll go back, backtrack. We went to Billings, and we Saturday night game. Now we got to tell you, first time we ever played under lights. Hmm. We had no lights in Butte. We had no lights anywhere around yeah. Dylan, the Bozeman. It changes of, things a little no, bit. No, yeah. no lights. So we had no lights to play. Clark Park had no lights. No. We played in the evenings. All right. We play, and grass. We had no grass. Yeah. First time we're on grass. <laughs> now we're in buildings. We're going to play on grass and under lights. You don't think that was an experience. Yeah. Well, Sweetie Piss, all right. I took warm at first base. I get back and Terry says, you're going to pitch. I says, I just took infield practice. He says, you're going to pitch. I'm going to save Sweeney and Kasuna them. I don't want to see them. He says, they might show, we might have to play Billings in the state championship yeah. for the state. And he said, I don't want them guys to be seen. I says, okay, you're the boss. So I had to go warm up. Then I started on the mound. And if I remember, remember correctly, I struck out the first 10 guys. I lasted until the ninth inning. And then I walked six guys in a row. <laughs> then they took me out. And we won 10, to, I think it was 10 to 8. Really? We won, yeah. But I walked, and they scored six runs in the ninth inning. Jeez. Yeah, I six guys, like I say. Usually I, after four guys in a row, they I take you out, right? Around, you know, <laughs> I, I'm thinking, come on, Gary, when are you going to take me out? You know? <laughs> Finally, after the six win, he took me out. We ended up winning the game. 
10 to 8. Crazy. They come up, we were winning 10 to 2, and they scored six runs on the, in the ninth inning. With that many strikeouts and walks, you probably threw 200 pitches. Oh, right. You wouldn't believe it. Yeah, well, it was. It was a long day, really. Yeah. You know, it was funny. Like I say, I struck out the first 10 guys. Had no idea what the hell I was doing out there. <laughs> Lebo was catching. And then he talked to me every day. He'd come on. Just throw this one in and throw this one. I gave you two signals. That's it. He says, when you throw that fastball, he said, keep it inside. He said, we'll get a, we'll get a licking get a call strike. He said, they won't see it coming. Keep it inside. He said, when you go through your curve on the outside. So through the middle of the paint, make sure it breaks outside. I said, okay, we'll see what happens. We'll see. That's all we did. <laughs> yeah. But I did last in the ninth inning. I struck out, like I said, the first 10. And it was a long day out there, I'll tell you. All them walks, God almighty. That was nuts. But we had a lot of fun. We won that series. You played first base a lot? Yeah, I did. I played first base all the time. Were you right-handed or left-handed? Right-handed. Okay. I played first base all the time. Why Gary, I don't know why he made a pitch run, but I did so hard. Yeah. I had a hell of a fastball. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we used to take infield practice, and I used to throw the ball to Lee Ball, he was our catcher. When we had infield practice, I'd sail that thing down the, down the Lee Ball as a catcher, and Gary would look at me, and he said, don't throw so hard at him. <laughs> and I'd look at him, and I'd just thrown it, you know? Yeah. And I think all at once, you know, he decided I was going to pitch. Yeah. Well, I pitched that game of Billings, I did all right. Then we came here, and we had the playoffs with Missoula. And we, that day... We went to Clark's Park, watching uh, the grade school league, watching them work hard. They even tried to play with the kids that they were short, yeah. some of the teams. Then we went up to Cinders and uh, Western League, and the same thing. The league was going on, and we'd go up there and hoping the team was short so we could play. Somebody would get to play. Yeah. Well, we're bouncing around all day long playing. We get to Clark's Park that night, we're playing Missoula. The next thing you know, Gary says, You're going to pitch. I said, are you sure, Ed? I said, I think we're going to Sweeney or Kassoon or, or Mulcahy, one of the others. I says, I, I, I says, you're going to pitch. I says, okay. I So I went out and mound and started. I think I lasted three innings. That was, I was gone. Yeah. Yeah, they started clobbering me. I was tired. I just yeah. just didn't have it. I didn't really. Well, if your arm's tired, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're not, you're not going to throw so right. So that was it. I got out. We lost our first game. <coughs> Excuse me. Then we went to Missoula and played the second game. Ferroni had a big day. Hmm. Hits a home, I think he hit, I know he hit one home run, maybe two home runs and a double. We beat Missoula. He had a big day at the bat. We beat, we beat Missoula in Missoula, then we came back to Butte and beat Missoula in Butte the third game. So we yeah. won the state championship, or the Western Division. Yeah. So we figured we were gonna go to Billings, play them. No, Miles City beat Billings for the eastern part. Oh. So we had to go to Miles City. A little bit farther, uh, yeah. Like I said, we have no bus, no yeah, transportation. Billings is about halfway to we, Miles we, City. Yeah, we have to find out how we're going to get to Billings. Yeah. So the first time we made the trip, we people, they drove us, actually. So the fathers. And we had we had that one kind of bus from, from the Finland <coughs> that would suit... <coughs> Excuse me, about eight people. We went in there. So we hit the Mile City and we played Mile City. And they had this catcher that the Yankees were going to sign up, but he <clears throat> lost the sight of one eye. He got a foul oh. tip. I can't think of his name. He lost the sight of one eye. Otherwise, he'd have been in the big league. A hell of a catcher. Yeah. I can't, his name will come to me. 
And then the pitcher for Miles City at the time was Lucas, Jim Lucas. He ended up being in the legislature in the House, and he was Speaker for the House. I seen that when I got to hell of that. I found that out. Oh, really? So, yeah. And he was gone by the time I got to oh, damn it. He was only there for two or three sessions. Then he got on. He went home. But his family owned the restaurant in La, in uh, Miles City, and that's where we ate all the time. So after we beat Miles City, Miles City came over and told Ed Gary, you know, he says, we would love to have the Butte team stay here for the whole week, and we'll take care of the expenses, and they can practice every day here. Nice. He says, if you would, we'd like to keep them here so they don't have to travel back and forth. Gary says, no, we're going home. <laughs> so home we go. Yeah. So then we had a day for the Butte American Legion Day at the, at the, the dog races. There was a track where uh, the big bank is out there, and Elizabeth Warren. Oh, okay. The gas station, the bank. There was a dog track out there. Uh, yeah, there. Uh, what the hell? The, the bank, anyway. Yeah, Wells is a Wells Fargo. I'm not sure. Yeah, Wells Fargo, whatever yeah. it is. At that time, when we were, there was a dog track there. Dogs ran. Yeah. So we went out there to have, we had American Legion one night, raising money for it to get back to Smile City. Uh -huh. So they had the dogs were running that night. So we had the dogs running, and we <laughs> made some money that night. So the second trip we made, we had enough money, we took the train back. We <laughs> rode the train, which was nice. Yeah. Really, it took us whole day to get there, but it was crazy. Oh, God, crazy. Had a lot of fun on the train. Yeah. But we got on the train, and same hotel we stayed in, took care of it. We got there, and we played uh, Wyoming, the first game. Yeah, and Sweeney pitched, and he pitched a good game. He got in a little trouble in the first inning. He issued about three or four walks, and they got about three hits, and they scored three runs on them. Hmm. And then from then on out, I don't think they got a hit off him like that. He lost his control in that first inning. He just couldn't get going. <clears throat> But they got three runs off of Jim in the first inning. After that, he pitched a marvelous ball game. Yeah. I mean, it was just like a no-hitter. We got 15 hits in that game, scored two runs, couldn't get a third run to tie it. Twice, we asked Gary, <clears throat> the, the team did. We had men on third base with one out or less, squeeze in a run to tie the game. Let's get the game tied. He said, no, we're hitting the ball too good. Don't worry, don't worry. We'll get a hit. We'll, we'll win this game. Got 15 hits. Sweeney throws a three-hitter. We lose three to two. Oh, jeez. Three runs in the first inning. And we never, you know, I mean, if we had to sacrifice in one run, you know, you never know what would happen. Changes things all together. Yeah. yeah, well, we were our daubers were down, let me tell you, really yeah. bad. Next day we played South Dakota and they kicked our ass. Oh yeah. Yeah, they really got all over Kasum. They really made it. We got a lot bad there. We looked terrible. I'll tell you. We looked bad. So we were out in two games, but you know what was funny at that time, North Dakota and South Dakota were in it with with Montana and Wyoming. Roger Maris was playing for North Dakota at that time. Oh really? Yeah, same time. You know, well, that's pretty in, cool. In, in, yeah, it's funny because in, in 19, uh, 1960, 61, 1960, I went to the World Series and saw the Yankees play, uh, <clears throat> God, 
Yeah, they beat him. Masaroski hit the home run. All oh, the Pirates. Pirates. Yeah. yeah. Yogi Berra was in yeah, left the field. The Yankees, like I say, they have more hits, more home runs. They did everything except we lose on Masaroski's home run. Yeah. And like in, 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 in the, I don't know what inning it was, but in the in the in the seventh game. And you were at that game. Oh yeah, well, I went to. Were Maserati at home run? I saw it. We saw that game. Yeah. I went to the the World Series, with then Hannah Griffith was mayor. Wow. So I, me, me and me and him, his daughter and the pilot, had a four seat plane, and we go to fly to New York. And that fourth, he was mayor at that time. And the police department knew some policemen over there, and they got us tickets. Well, in that four-engine plane flying, he I'll tell you how he flew. He didn't fly in a straight line. He followed the highway going east. Oh, he just... That's, that's how we got there. That was how he navigated yeah, right. <laughs> so we, we stopped it. Uh, we had a problem in Billings, so we had to stay overnight in Billings. Had us up with the plane. And we had to get us up. Then we flew... We got all the way to the other side of the Missouri, to Valparaiso, on the other side uh -huh. of Missouri. And we sat down there, and Hannah says, no, no, he says, we're gonna take the bus to Chicago, catch a big plane and fly in on a big plane, on, on a commercial plane. Yeah. So that's what we did. We <clears throat> caught a bus, went to Chicago, went to the airport, caught a plane out of, out of there and flew to, flew to New York. And they were there, they picked us up, the policemen, they took care of us, and we stayed at this, this, this couple's house from Butte. The girl was from Butte, I knew her. She was a very good close friend. In fact, she was in the wedding party with my wife when I got married oh, to, to, to Joyce Driscoll. She was in the wedding party, and God, I can't think of her name. Hmm. <sighs> Terrible. But anyway, her husband, was on the police department there. Mm -hmm. And at that time, Khrushchev was in the United States visiting. And he happened to be in New York City at the same time we were there, and this guy is bodyguard. Yeah. So I went with him and I got to see Khrushchev. I no went from kidding. here to you from Khrushchev at the time. No kidding. I got to, and then I was wow. in the crowd. You know, we yeah. didn't get there very long. In, hello, I was gone at that yeah. point. I mean, he got there and that was it. And then uh, that was it. Oh, wow. The name will come to me. Well, anyway, he ended up moving to Seattle. And he had two sons in Seattle. They both became on the, on the police department in Seattle. Yeah. And like I say, I knew the daughter. She was from Butte. She grew up with my first wife. We were very close friends. Sue, Sue O'Keefe was her name. Okay. Her maiden name was Sue O'Keefe. Uh, and she married... Uh, Kind of, the name will come to me. Anyway, I knew the father we were on. But they were on, on the police department and a daughter. All three of them were on the Seattle Police Department. And my son got to know him, so they talked my son into going out there. So in 93 or 95, he had five years here on the Butte Police Department, and then he came to Seattle. Got uh, filled out the application and got on the police department in Seattle. Now he's got 22 years in. He was just here, yeah. so he could retire anything he wanted. But he got too good of a job. He says, "I got three more years to go. When I'm 25, get 25 in, then I'm going to retire." Yeah. He says, "I got a very soft job. In fact, he's in charge 
of the firing range where the different groups come in and fire. He assigns them where to go. That's all he does. Oh, really? That's all he does. Yeah. So he's got a maid, like he says. <laughs> so he's going back for three more years. Get those three years in. Yeah. Is your house too cold or is it too hot? Either way, Lockmer Sheet Metal is here to help. With more than 40 years of experience in the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning trade, Lockmer Sheet Metal strives to bring you quality service and knowledgeable work to help with your HVAC projects or needs. Lockmer Sheet Metal offers repair services for all forced air, central air systems, installation of new HVAC systems, service contracts for maintenance and service, all residential and commercial applications, fabrication of sheet metal for all types of projects, and ventilation and exhaust systems. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerSheetMetal.com to warm up or cool down with Lockmer Sheet Metal, your local dealer of train heating, cooling, air handling, and ventilation products. For all your home heating and cooling needs, remember Lockmer Sheet Metal. Casa Grande Steakhouse serves steak and so much more. You cannot beat their seasoned, hand-cut Rocky Mountain ground beef. But did you know about their menu filled with made-to-order pastas, chicken sautés, mouth-watering seafood, appetizers, enticing desserts, or their most recent addition, sushi? Thursday nights are sushi nights at Casa Grande's, where you will be welcomed as a part of the family. Casa Grande's can also handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Visit Casa Grande Steakhouse inside the historic Bertoglio Warehouse at 801 South Utah Avenue in Uptown Butte. Call 406-723-4141 for reservations. Check out their menu at casagrandesteakhouse.com. Casa Grande Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat. Dig City Supply has everything you need to cheer on your Montana tech or diggers with the largest selection of locally designed and produced fully licensed apparel and gifts. Bulldog and Maroon fans can shop their huge selection of fan gear for your teams and schools as well as a wide selection of Butte themed items. Modern, classic, wear your pride from Dig City Supply, a division of 5518 Designs located across from the parking garage at 43 West Park Street in Uptown Butte or online at digcitysupply.com. Visiting your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops was already your favorite stop of the day. Now, it is even better. Join the brand new Thriftway Loyalty Club to rack up big discounts, earn free stuff, and receive more TLC with every visit. Download the TLC app and take advantage of great deals on pizza, grab-and-go favorites, fresh-brewed coffee, cool fountain drinks, and much, much more at your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops. Loyalty Club members also save five cents per gallon off top-tier conical fuel every single day. Plus, earn points at the pump and in the store. This message is brought to you by Anode Designs in Anaconda. I know what you're all thinking. Foley, you twit. Why are you letting this Anaconda hack get connected with the Buttecast? Well, folks, money talks. Anode Designs is a printing and direct-to-garment shop in Anaconda. But that's not all we do. We actually specialize in embroidery and graphic design. We also dabble in sign creation and vinyl banners, also decals for your motor vehicles. Now, there are so many great options for screen printers out there. Take 5518, for example. You all know the work John and company do in Butte. And like me, they support local guys like this who started a podcast. Really original. But if your current printer is too busy to get your job done in a timely fashion, why not give us a try? For a limited time only, 
All new businesses who place an order with Anode Designs will get their screen, embroidery, and graphic design origination fees waived. Just call 406-563-0121 or email anodedesignsllc at gmail.com and use the code FOLEYWHO during the consultation. Anode Designs is a proud supporter of the Buttecast and is pushing hard to get more Anaconda talent on the show. Don't just take it from me. Listen to the buttery smooth voice of a Butte legend tell you. There's two things we like about Butte. It's 24 miles away and Tom O'Neill. Welcome to Copperhead Country. You played first base and you pitched. Uh, first base and pitched. Were you a good hitter? To, excuse me? Were you a good hitter? No, I wasn't a very good hitter. Because did you wear I glasses probably, back then? I had that in glasses, you yeah. know. You don't see and the glasses weren't that good. And you're worried always at the plate. What well, was a big deal when Dom DiMaggio made the majors? Wearing glasses. Yeah, that was that was well, it was a big thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we had no protector at that time that I know of. Yeah, to put over your eye, and you know you're, you're up there and you're looking like this. You're not seeing the ball too good. Yeah. <clears throat> but I was probably not. I wasn't a 300 hitter. Probably a 280, 290 yeah. hitter, something like that. Well, you held your I'd own get, anyway. I'd get a hit. Maybe one or two hits a game on that that medium, but I wasn't a bigger. I batted probably seventh in the lineup, yeah. somewhere down in there. I mean, the big boys: Sweeney, Vesurvich, Driscoll, Leibold, uh, Johnson. All they were the hitters, you know. Uh, Johnson would lead off, or McCoy, McCoy second, Vesurvich third, Sweeney would bat fourth, uh, Leibold would probably bat fifth, or uh, Driscoll would be in there someplace. Uh, I'd I'd be eight hitter, seventh or eighth hitter ahead of the pitcher actually. Yeah. I, like I say, I wasn't a three hundred hitter, two eighty, two ninety. Yeah. That's about it. But I usually got one hit a game. Yeah. That's about it. Well, and you played in the the mine leagues too. I went. I went to the, yeah. Service. I played when I uh, graduated uh, in nineteen forty six. Yeah, it would be. I went for the. I went down to the south side. I was playing for the side side. Me and Paulie Driscoll and Ferroni were going to play with the yeah. south side. Sweeney, Vesurvich, Johnson, and then McCaughey, they went to the north side. They started the north side team. Yeah. We went to the south side. Uh, Kassoon played with McQueen because that's where he lived. So yeah. he had, you know, he had to play with McQueen. And he had Kassoons that played with McQueen in them days. And uh, who else was it? That was it. So... Did you ever play with Lefty Orlich? Did I who? Lefty Orlich. Yeah, no, he, I played against him. Yeah, well, he must have been. He went into the Butte Sports Hall of Fame last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he must have been a, a Yeah, he, he played with McQueen. One hell of a ball player. Yeah. Him and he had, he had a brother that played, too, Greek Orlich. Played in the outfield, center field for yeah. McQueen. Lefty played first base. Left-handed first base. Hell of a hitter. Yeah. Him and Greek both. Well, they say Lefty yeah. hit a home run off Satchel Page when he came yes. to. Yeah, that's what they said. Yes, yeah. they did. Yeah, and then they had uh, Fish, Nuts Pineish was our catcher for McQueen. Fish Pineish played third base. I can't think, I, I, I knew all the names at that time for McQueen, you know, actually. So I know they had a, a solid lineup. Yeah. And when I thought, well, I am going to make the thing there. They had what they needed. So me and Muzz and Driscoll, we played for the south side. Muzz never did show up. Me and Driscoll played. <laughs> I played for, we played, I think, I got to pitch two games, and then I joined the service. Uh, the day I joined was graduation day. Mm. I was working at the main public market 
right next to Danny Wong's. There was a grocery store there. Yeah. My godfather, Mr. Christie, I'll say, had the grocery store, and there was a meat market there. And all, all the, that's where Danny Wong got all his food mm. from there. But anyway, graduation day, the recruiter came down and says, you want to go to the Army yet? I says, yeah, but you won't take me bad eyes. Come up and take the test. E, one way, <laughs> that was it. Went back, quit my job, went home. For service, says he's coming with me. Sandy, she said they're coming with her. So we all yeah. went together. Had our basic training at Fort Ord. Had a great time at Fort Ord. We were there for June, July, and August. Finished our the basic. They went their way. I came home. Then I went back to Camp Stoneman. Got on a ship, the whole company, or the guys I was with, got on a troop ship. We got to Hawaii. I ended up in the 18th Engineer Construction Company. There were three or four of us got there, and then I was there for a month. Then the whole company went down, and we shipped out, like I say, on an LSC for 15 days, going to the Bikini Atoll, <coughs> and a Weetalk Atoll on there. Bikini Islands, and that's where we did the, the apartment farm test. Nice. Now, but, and after the military, you came back to Butte. Of course, you joined the country club in 53. Yeah, when, when, 51. 51. So you and uh, uh, Herb Alex, that you owned the Met. No. Well, when we first started, yeah. I got home in 19, 1950. I got out. Okay. All right, and then I... My brother and, his, and my brother Pete Yurkich, who's my half brother, the oldest in the family. Oh, Pete was your half brother. Huh? Half brother. I knew and Pete. I had a brother Joe Yurkich, my half brother, mm -hmm. and I had a sister Stella Yurkich. Or Joe, Joe, I think Joe's who I knew, and his yeah, son right. Pete. And, and <clears throat> then the me and Moose were two Pavloviches. My mother came over in 1910. She married, I think, Mr. Yurkich in 1940, 1914. Pete was born in 17, Joe was born in 19, Sella was born in 21, then he died in 23, Mr. Yurkich. Then my father and my Mr. Yurkich were families that lived together hmm. in Croatia in the old country. They were neighbors. Yeah. They, they worked the same farms and everything. So Mr. my dad, Mr. Pavlovich, and my mother in 25, my brother George was born in 27, Moose, I was born in 29, then my father died in 33. No, oh, jeez. So that was the end. My mother had no more relations. Yeah. No more, no more, no more husbands. Yeah. She raised us on the east side. We were first in the 400 block, then we moved to the 700 block, and that's where we lived until the pit came in yeah. and took us, actually. But we lived there, and like I say, in, in 47, I joined the Army, and I had no idea I was going. And graduation day, you're going to tomorrow or the next day. So I went to, we went to graduation that night, like I say, and for service went up and joined. His family wasn't too happy with that. Stanislaw's family wasn't too happy with that. <laughs> my brother Pete and them, and Joe, you know, my mother looked, well, what are you going to do if you don't, you know, where are you going to work? You're going to have to work in the mines. Yeah. You know, I, I, I had no money, no college, no college education, yeah. no free ride. So the IME said, go ahead. It'd be good for you if you can get in. Yeah. Old hurts for three months, three years. Then I, like I said, I took my three years in. We put basic training. They went their way. I went my way. I went to the 18, 18 inch construction company. I put my, uh, well, I put over two years in with them. Then I came back to the States to, to get discharged. 
and I wanted to re-up, and I was going to all set to re-up in May of 1915. And I told the recruiter, I want to stay home and play in the Copper League. I want to go down and play with the South Side. Yeah. And they says, yeah, come down and play with us for the summer. You can pitch with us. I says, okay, great. Then come June, and what happened? Korea War broke out. Yeah. See, and I thought, well, I didn't lose nothing in Korea. So I went to the recruiter. Or no, first I called up my old company over in Hawaii. I talked to the clerk who I knew real well. I said, what's going on? He said, we're shipping out. I said, oh, he says, you'll never catch us. If you, if you resign, if you go to come back, he says, you won't catch us. I don't know where we're going. I thought, okay. So I went to the recruiter. I says, I can't catch up to my old outfit. So now if you want me, you're going to have to call me. I says, I'm not going to re-enlist. You're going to have to draft me, poor enlist. Yeah. And I says, I'll be here. If you want me, I'll go, but I'm not going to sign up. Yeah. I says, I lost nothing in Korea, so I'm not to go over there and look for it. <laughs> and then he looked at says, well, that's up to you. Yeah. Do what you want. You put your three years in, you can do what you want. So I didn't go. They didn't call me yeah. back. Well, so I stayed good. home. Well, that's good. And Yeah, I was lucky. Well, I had some that went over there. Kello went over there. Uh, Patty McDevitt well, went Kello over there. Kello was a prisoner of war, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. No, Kello wasn't a prisoner of war. No, was I don't think I don't know. No, I, I wouldn't swear to him. Well, Nick, Nick Badavinik once told me that Kello was a prisoner of war, and then he started talking, so they let him go. <laughs> uh, well, that might be it. That could be it. Yeah, Jim was a good talker. Yeah, yeah. But Jim was, Jim was home in 1951 when we bought the bar. Like I say, in 19, I got out in 1950. Yeah, no, 51. 1915. My brother Pete and Jerry Lamoni. Jerry Lombardi were leasing a little bar called Bill's Drive-In, where they're driving. There is no driving out, mm. but it was a drive-in where the girls came out, hopped the cars and everything like that. Oh, yeah. There was a little cocktail lounge in the back. So they tell me, open it up in the daytime. They only opened it at night. So I went down and I opened it up in the daytime, and we advertised we were open in the daytime. So I always had customers in the daytime. Yeah. You know, my buddies that grew up in, the, I grew up in that. And then they got kicked out in 1951. So we went looking for a bar, and we ended up in the Met at the time. The guy was selling it. And before it was the Met Tavern, that was Dale's fruit stand. Really? That, that was a fruit stand where they had the fruit on the back and display, and inside the coolers. There were two big coolers in there mm. that kept the, the fruit cold. Well, these two guys, Jim Pe Pegalero was one of them, George... George something other was another one. And anyway, they wanted to sell it. So we were sitting there, me and my brother Pete and Bob Copperbeaker, who at that time owned Bob and Joe's Wholesale and had uh, Miller Lite beer and other beers. And I looked at it and I said, Pete, you know, if we're going to buy a bar, we got to buy this one. Bobby, he looked at me and then we looked at the Pacific Bar, we looked at Cassie's, and we looked at one other. And he says, why? I said, see that pink elephant across the street? I said, that Civic Center? Yeah. I said, when that thing opens up, we're going to have people come over here and have a drink. Yeah. So we bought it in August of 51, 1952. They opened the Civic Center. Yeah. Good With timing. the first state tournament over there. Yeah. That was it. It boomerang. Yeah. It boomerang yeah. after that. I mean, every state tournament, we were packed all the time. Yeah. And the bits on the board. 
you know, you wouldn't believe it, the money I handle in bets. Now, one tournament, and I can't remember which one, when Obilovich and them were playing. 55, I think. I, whatever it was. They came in, and Sullivan was, Dingy Dan was with Fiat Central. Yeah. And uh, they came in this Friday, these two guys, and they said, we got, <clears throat> you know, I put bets on the board, $100, 200 yeah. something like that, nothing big. They came in and they said, hey, <clears throat> we got $10,000 on the first game tonight. Friday night game, and Central was playing Helena, I think, wow. or Great Falls, no, whatever, Helena, and we wanted to bet ten dollars on the second, ten thousand on the second game. Butte's playing Great Falls, and uh, no, no, yeah, Butte was. When the hell did we pay for the championship? Butte was playing Great Falls, sorry. So anyway, ten thousand each one. We split the games that night anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we split the bet. So we had 20000 So the next day, Central was playing in the, in the fall-off games Saturday morning. Yeah. And we won our game, so we went to Butte when their game over to Villavis. They were going to play in the championship game. Oh, we played Helena the first night. That yeah. was it, Friday night. I'd have to look in the book in there. And uh, Great Falls played Central. That was it. That's how great calls got to the championship yeah. game. And we played Helena, and we beat Helena. Butte did. So we're playing Great Falls. Anyway, the next thing, when they switched brackets, Butte ended, or Central ended up playing Helena in a consolation game, and we played Butte played Great Falls in a championship game. Well, we had money bet in the morning game, same thing, split. Uh -huh. no, the two games, they split again. So we're even. So all for the consolation game that night, Central playing Great Falls. Or Helena, uh, they came in and said, We got 10,000 or more. We want Helena or, uh, on the Constellation game. And we also want, we got 20,000 on the Butte Great Falls game. So that's $30,000. So I got to cover 30. That <laughs> means I got $60,000 in bets. Wow. You know, and they're not no big bets yeah. $1,000, $10,000. Yeah. No, they're all $50, $100, $25, yeah. $10, $20. You know, they're all coming in bedding with me. But they're not, they're not, nothing, I think the biggest bet I got from the locals was $200. Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine the sheets I had back there. It's a lot to keep they're track all, of. All the sheets, you know, keeping keep track of all the money I got. Yeah. And I, I got all this money. <laughs> And I'm thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, you know, that's a lot of money. <laughs> so that was Friday night or Saturday night when everything was covered. Actually, in fact, I'll tell you the truth, all that money, and I had it in the safe. Yeah. I slept there Friday night. We had a bunk bed. I slept there mm. Friday night. So just in case somebody thought about burglarizing, yeah. you know, breaking us in. Because I did that before that yeah. or after that. I've had it twice or three times we got broken into <clears throat> I'll tell you all about them. Crazy. But anyway, uh, I slept her Friday night and I slept her Saturday night with all that money. And like Saturday night, everybody wanted to get paid. Well, I tell them, some of them would come in. I'd say, wait till tomorrow. Come in tomorrow. It's too busy. The place is packed. Wait till tomorrow. Most of them would. But the out-of-towners, I did pay them. Yeah. Locals, I says, wait till tomorrow. Yeah. That I do. Would you wait till tomorrow? Yeah. Wait, I said, there's too many. I got too many bits here. And they were good about it. Yeah. So I paid some out that Saturday night. Then Saturday, they all, Sunday, they all came in. I paid everybody off on Sunday. Like I said, we, I paid off close to... 
Well, sixty thousand dollars let's put it that way. Yeah. Over sixty thousand. That's a lot a, of money. A lot of money. Right? Yeah. You know, especially back then too, than even then. Dollar bet yeah. That I have from anybody from Butte or Anaconda <laughs> That's or anybody. It. Oh, crazy, yeah. crazy! You wouldn't believe it. Yeah. A lot of fun though. And Those were the good days. Yeah. And you owned the Met for quite a while though, didn't? You? Wait, I was there fifty years with my brother Pete. Okay. And then Herbie brought Pete out. <clears throat> Herbie bought Pete out in 79 when I got elected to the legislature. Oh, okay. See, that was, uh, that's something I didn't want, actually. In 1978, uh, or, well, let's go back. In 1977, the Butte delegation up in Helena, where J.D. was, was on the, in, the, in the House at the time, he was running for Speaker of the House. You know what the Speaker is? Yeah. Of the House. J.D. was running for it. He lost by two votes. Two of the Butte delegation didn't vote for him. Really? Two, and he lost by two votes. Wow. Yeah, two of the Butte delegation did, did he not. Know, was it a secret vote or was it? Oh, yeah, but he found out. Yeah, I imagine he, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes when oh, he came shit. to confront well, them. they came to me, no. and, and, I, and I had to run in this Courtney was over in my district where I voted, the Met Tavern actually, yeah. district. He said, well, we want you to run against Courtney. I said, I, I never run for office. I don't want to be in the office. Well, they finally talked to me down. Pete says, well, go ahead. Run and get beat, and we won't worry about it anymore. So I went from door to door and took my wife, my kids. At that time, we went door to door everywhere we went, and I won. Oh. I won by 300 votes. Really? So that was the 79. So I was there 79, 81, and 83, and ran unopposed then. No, wait. So I won 79. 81, I had some kid run against me. I don't know who it was, but I beat him bad. Then 83, I had a free ride. Then 85, we had redistricting. Yeah. They were coming in and cha changing the whole state, actually, and redistricting. So when the lady came in, she had the map. I says, where am I? She says, you're right in the middle. I said, in other words, if I gave J.D. some of mine, uh, Fritz some of mine, Oh, God, I can't think of his name now. He's dead. Anybody, uh, a piece of my action, my, my, where I'm located, wh where do I get to run? You get to run anywhere you want. Hmm. I said, well, how about below me? Uh, what's your name? Uh, God, isn't that terrible? Yeah, I'm terrible with names. Uh, the lady, she actually, she was from born and raised in California. Oh, she beat uh, the first year ran in '79. She beat uh, an old timer that was up there from Butte, good legislature, but he had a hell of a time running in '79 because his son graduated from high school that year, and they had the big picnic up at uh, the lake. Uh -huh. What the hell they call the lake up on top of the hill? Oh, homestake. Homestake. Yeah. They had the big party graduation, like, you know, coming back into town. He got killed. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so he was all tied up with his family. You know what I mean? Yeah. His son dying and the girl with him dying in, in, the, in the car wreck. So that was it. He didn't get the campaign. I'll think of his name, too. Courtney. Courtney. I ran against Courtney. Hmm. God. Uh, but anyway, he didn't get a chance yeah. to campaign. So this lady from... from uh, San Diego, her first time she ran, she was a lawyer, she beat him. Mm. 
and not by much, but she did win because he didn't get the, didn't get the campaign. Yeah. You know. So anyway, we went to Helena, eh? and that was in '79. So then we had the redresser in '85, and they told me I could run anywhere I wanted. So I ran against her. I figured, well, I'm going to run here. I'm not going to run against JD. Yeah. I'm not going to run against Codacy. We live together. Yeah. I'm not going to run against. Uh, can't run against Fritz, yeah. Yeah, Fritz, we live together. Yeah. You know, I mean, I said, oh, I can't run against them guys, so I got to <laughs> run against her. So I ran against her. I campaigned, everybody campaigned for me. We get through, I win by three votes, or five votes, first count. No, no. Five votes. So we're in the courthouse. So we have an, a recount. Yeah. I think the recount, I won by three votes. <laughs> I never did go below three. Yeah. So we had a third recount. So I went back up to four. That's over. You know, the different ones go yeah. through the computer and everything yeah. like that. So then she wanted another recount. And Peterson was her Jack Peterson, my lawyer. No, the judge. He yeah. says, you know, she has three recounts already. She wants them. She's got to pay for it. So Jack, so I says, you know, I said, I believe the lady's entitled to another recount if she wants. I said, but it, you know, the rule states that she has to pay for it. Hmm. And they checked it. They said, hey, that's right. So if you want a, another recount, you're going to have to pay for the recount. I don't know what it costs. I have no yeah. idea. She wouldn't pay for it, so yeah. there's no recount. So three was enough. Three was enough. <laughs> I never, like I said, I never went below three. Yeah. I never got over five. What a close election yeah, that, that is. That was real close. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, I was my area, but she worked hard at it, and I worked hard at it. Yeah. But it was, it was tough. Then... 85, then, then from 87, 89, all the way through until I got a, never had any opposition. I got a free ride yeah. every year. Lockmer Plumbing is more than Butte's complete union plumbing shop. Whether it is sponsoring Little League Baseball, high school athletics, Montana Tech, Youth Racing, 4-H, Mining City Christmas, Action Inc.'s Homeless Solution Program, Head Start, or Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Butte, Lockmer Plumbing is always looking out for the people of the mining city. Owned and operated by Troy and Amy Lockmer since 2002, Lockmer Plumbing can handle all your residential, commercial, and industrial plumbing needs as well as making repairs and installations on all plumbing and boiler systems. In the heart of Uptown Butte, Lockmer Plumbing can also assist on new construction and planning for your new home or development. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerPlumbing.com today. Lockmer Plumbing has your pipes covered and so much more. Lone Peak Physical Therapy is your premier privately owned physical therapy, occupational therapy, certified hand therapy, pelvic health, and personal training facility located right here in beautiful Butte, Montana. With over 21 years of experience, our team here at Lone Peak is hyper-focused on you, your goals, and finding a way to help you get better faster. We provide one-on-one -on -one care with the highest quality specialized services. Are you tired of dealing with your low back pain, arthritis, carpal tunnel, neck pain, headaches, and shoulder pain? Did you just have a recent surgery? Do you struggle with feeling off balance or do you get dizzy during your day? How about a custom splint built for your hand and wrist? Did you recently have a baby and now your body feels tremendously foreign to you? Look no further. We are here for you and ready to help you move better and feel better every step of the way. You do not need a doctor's referral to come in and see us. We accept health insurance and also offer comprehensive self-pay options. Don't settle for mediocre health care. Your journey to living better and getting back to doing what you love can start today. Give us a call at 406-494-7050 or visit our website at LonePeakPT.com to speak to an expert now. 
Are you looking for somewhere to watch your favorite teams play or just somewhere to meet your friends? Or are you looking for a place to hold your big celebration or cater your private event? Look no further than Metal's Sports Bar and Grill. They can do it all. With their 31 big screen televisions, you will not miss a second of action and a full menu of cooked to perfection favorites is sure to please. Try the Vault Burger, raise fingers, or one of Chef T's specialty items. Or just enjoy a drink and some friendly company with Dave and the staff as you take in the action at Metal Sports Bar and Grill. Metal Sports Bar and Grill is located on the corner of Park and Main in historic Uptown Butte. Stop by today or check out their menu at metalsportsbarandgrill.com. Metal Sports Bar and Grill, where the food is the star. There's no story so good that a drink from Park Street Liquors won't make it better. From the finest whiskeys and regional spirits to the latest RTDs and select wines, Park Street Liquors has all the ingredients to make your parties and stories legendary. Park Street Liquors can also assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menus. You name it and Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew at 133 West Park Street or call 406-782-6278. Make your stories legendary. 5518 Designs is your uptown Butte destination for all of your apparel and gift needs. 5518 offers their own line of in-house designed and locally produced apparel celebrating what we love about Butte and our Montana lifestyle. You'll also find outdoor essentials such as Chaco sandals, Dakin backpacks and gear, and Kabu apparel and packs. Something for the whole family. Visit 5518 Designs at 27 North Main Street in the heart of historic Uptown Butte and online at shop5518.com. And then they put in term limits. Yeah. And I talked to the guys up there in Helena, Republicans and the Democrats. I said, we should fight this. I said, this is really meant for the Senate and, and the House in, in Washington, D.C. Yeah. It's not really meant for us. Yeah. It's meant for them in Washington. I said, we should go to court and have it thrown out because we're taking the people's right to vote. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't get nobody to do it with me. They did that, in, the, the Washington did it, and had it thrown out, so it never bothered them. Yeah. But if we'd have done the same thing, we could have had it thrown out. Yeah, that was just kind of a gimmick campaign yeah, thing. Yeah, that's right, know? it was a gimmick campaign. So we lost, yeah. we didn't rent, we didn't vote and we lost, it. And we, we lost some good legislators because of that, because you were there, you know, Dan Harrington, yeah, Fritzy. Right. What a great group! What was your group? contingent you had over there? It was a group. Nothing we could do about it, you know. Yeah. And I was there, like you say, Harrington. Where there was me and Harrington. Fritz was there off and on. Uh, Pulisi, uh, got uh, Dave Brown. We had Minahan, two from Minahan, Anaconda. Yeah, Red Minahan. And, Minahan, and, yeah. and uh, what's your name from Anaconda? B. B. McCarthy from Anaconda. Yeah. You know, it was real good, actually. We had our own bunch. We had a good yeah. solo. And we got along good with the other side. Did you? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. I never had a problem. I had, It's not like today. I tell you, I'll tell you, I had more friends on the Republican side than actually I had on the Democratic really? side. Except for the ones I knew. Yeah. The ones I didn't really know never got their vote. Yeah. They'd vote against me all the time. But I could go over to Bud Gould and them guys over there and... and uh, with that, which John Phillips, he was retired Air Force, retired Air Force. I could get them guys from Missoula, Great Falls, and then there were Republicans on Bozeman, the ones that I knew, 
the ones that were in the service and that. My guru was blind, good yeah. friend of mine though. But I had the guys. If I had, I would get at least when I ran. Uh, I, they were campaigning for me. There'd be no problem at all. When we had bills on the floor, I'd always get 30 votes out of the Republicans. <laughs> yeah, or not, you know what I mean, really. Yeah. I never had, in fact, the first session I was there, I had a gambling bill to make something legal. I don't know, it was poker machines or whatever the hell it was. Anyway, uh, this old timer, Republican, I sat in this row, second row, he sat in the second row, re Republicans, on the aisle seat, so he was on the aisle on this side, Minahan was on the aisle on this side, and I was next to Minahan. And they had this gambling bill, and all these guys were getting up voting, you know, yeah. knocking it. I mean, they're killing my bill. Yeah. I mean, they were killing it. And I, I, I wish his name had come to me. He was an old timer, Carl Smith. Okay. He got up as a Republican, he said, you guys are picking on Pavlovich, a poor freshman. He said, he ain't got a chance in here. He said, everybody's going to vote against him. He said, well, I'll tell you what. He's going to get a green light from me. He <laughs> sat down. He says, that's it. Well, we, when they came to vote, he hit the green light. All the Republicans called him, Carl, Carl, you hit the wrong button. You hit the wrong. He got up. He says, I voted for the right button. I yeah. hit the green button. <laughs> I got all the Republican votes. The bill passed. Yeah, okay. But it died in the Senate. No. But the bill passed. That's how much pull he had. Yeah. Old -timer. I ran into him with some one day when him and his wife were having breakfast. I went over and I bought him breakfast. He says, you don't have to do that. I said, Carl, I said, you don't know how much that meant to me. I said, you know, you're really... He said, no matter what you have on that board, you'll always have my vote. Yeah. I said, I don't know what, I don't care what it is, but you'll always have yeah. my vote. And I'll try to get the Butte delegation all of their votes for you, too. He said, thank you, but he was a nice guy, yeah. nicest guy. He was up there a long time. God. Yeah. There were, at that time, you know, there was no term limits and all that, you know. Because you could run forever. Yeah. Not, like I said, we should have went to court and killed term limits. Yeah. You know, we all got... The biggest part of us got out, 2,000. You know, bang, we're all gone, gone, yeah. gone. Me, Quilicy, Menahan, we're all gone, 2,000. Yeah. Well, and you you accomplished so much because you were, you were worked well with everybody. You got a lot done. Well, we did. We did. When you were there. We got a lot done. I mean, yeah. at one time, they were going to really... The rumor was they were going to close Northern, they are going to close Tech, and they are going to close Western. Yeah. So... <clears throat> We made sure we built a brand new building on Northern, built a brand new building at Tech, <laughs> built a brand new building at Western. They were going to have, they never closed them. Yeah. That was it. That yeah. was, and we made sure Western, all them, and my, the small colleges always stayed alive. Yeah. I mean, there were kids that couldn't afford to go, you know, to, to Tech or, I mean, go to Bolsford or go to Missoula. Yeah. You know, they, there's these small, like Tech, look at them. Yeah. They tell now, me there's over 2,000 students in tech now. Yeah, now it's it's as big as it's ever been and thriving yeah, like that's crazy. Right. Yeah. They tell, tell me, you know, I, I can remember being a kid. We used to walk from the east side all the way up to tech to that main building. The first one you see on the left side, mm -hmm. there was a gym in there. And that's where Central, that's where Butte High and Central would play their game at a neutral court. Oh, yeah. In the gym. I remember McCoy had a track right? around it, didn't it? Top. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Around. it was a circle. Yeah. If you were in a corner, you, you couldn't. couldn't shoot. Yeah. <laughs> but
But uh, Judo Stanisich played for Butte, who ran around with us. Him and McCoy, they went head to head on that game. And they both scored almost 30 points apiece. Central won the game. Yeah. But McCoy and Driscoll, and they had a good club Central did at that time. Jimmy McCoy and them guys. But they were good. I mean, I had as many friends, like I said, go to Central, McCoy, Sweeney, Driscoll, and, and especially Paul and Billy Liebold. Yeah. We were close. I remember traveling one time. My <clears throat> my wife being from San Francisco, she came from a family of eight. She had three sisters and four brothers. And they decided, well, one of her sisters that was a nun, and her, and, and a group, and my, and my daughter, young daughter Kathy, were going to go to Ireland. They took they, they got a tour lined up and they went to Ireland yeah. to British Islands. They went and there was quite a group of them. So I was on the, on my way back to San Francisco to pick up my wife and my daughter as far as that goes when they came back. So I stopped in Ashland, Oregon. That's where Billy Lebo was. It was teaching school there. I'm not sure if he was a principal or not. But anyway, I stayed at his house. Door was wide open, you know. Welcome here. Stay as long as you want. Yeah. Everywhere you went, it was like that, you know. Yeah. And and Paulie Trisco was real close, and he was in the service. When we uh, we went to a football game down in uh, in in Colorado, the Air Force. We went to went down to see the Air Force. I think they played Notre Dame that day. Huh. They might have had a schedule with Notre Dame. We went down and saw the game. Trisco got our tickets for us, being in the service. He got the tickets. And he was there with us, and we stayed there. God, we, like I say, I think they played Notre Dame, but they had the big flyover with the planes, you know, no. the academy there, the Air Force Academy. Cool. Got a tour of it all, saw it all, saw the. I mean, it was a first class. It yeah. was first class. He lined it up. You wouldn't believe it. Parking, everything, food. Man, we got to eat there and everything. I tell you, it was fantastic. Paulie did that for us. Paulie was good. Nice. I ran to him a couple of times. While he was in, and then when he got out, I ran into him once when he was in cylinder service, when the, I was down in Arizona visiting my daughter in Phoenix. My daughter lived there, her and her husband, Paul, Hosan, Paul and Kathy. They used to run to Finland for a while, lived up on the top floor. Paul was a handyman, and he worked. And so they, they, he had a job down in, in Arizona, he wanted to go down there. First he had a job in, uh, Reno. He had a job at the golf course there, a maintenance man at the golf course. And then he went to, uh, it was, which was, I don't know, and then he went to uh, Las Vegas to a different golf course, I think it was. And he had a job there as a maintenance man. He was good, fixed everything. And then he finally decided, they decided to go to my daughter, Kathy. Her company decided to send her to Phoenix. They were doing that job putting in the rail system, the streetcars, as yeah. you call them. That was her job. She worked for that company, putting all the streetcars in between Phoenix and Mesa and all of them. They were all bunched together. Yeah. The traffic down there, crazy. <laughs> you know, this is one main drag. God, I can't get the name of it. Start with the B. But anyway, I don't know how long it was, but I got there one day and I went east. And I must have went a good 10, 12 miles. 
and I still was actually on a greater Phoenix. <laughs> and a couple of days later, I went west. <laughs> Same thing. I mean, that many, that's how big that's it was. That's big, that big. God, yeah. Huge, huge. I can't, the name of yeah. the names, I'm, I'm, I'm bad, I'm bad. Yeah. I, I'm losing my memory. But it was great. I used to go down every summer, me and my wife, and stay with them. They had a big house. And uh, <clears throat> we stayed for a month, a whole month of March. Once I'm done there, it was great. Yeah, really. And then my wife got sick and we didn't get to go. Then she died. She died in uh, 20, 1920. And she died in February right. of 2020. Yeah. And how long were you guys married? We were 50. We got married in 63. Yeah. So we were just about 50 years married. Yeah, just about, yeah, 50 yeah. years. We were married in 62, excuse me. Yeah. She died in 22. Yeah. 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 So she, we were married 50 years. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, I've heard uh, nothing yeah, but nice things but about I, her. No, you know, what really surprised me, she was born and raised in California. Yeah. She was the oldest and of eight. And you met her in San Francisco, yeah. right? She was eight, the oldest of eight in mm. her family. There was four girls and four boys, and she was the oldest one. She got married, had three kids. The baby died, one died. She was married to this Italian kid, uh, <coughs> Gardella. She had three babies with him. The youngest one died, the baby died. Some sickness anyway. And I don't know, somewhere along the line, <coughs> we got together when I worked at this uh, Gene and Frank's. Just about every Friday night, I worked there, there'd be a group of ladies that would come in. They were born and raised in San Francisco. They had a club. You had to be born and raised in San Francisco yeah. to belong to this club. Well, the two guys that owned it, Pellegrini and Sim, they were born in San Francisco. And that's what they called it. Gina Franks is what it was called. Mm. And I worked with Johnny Neary. He came from Butte. We worked together. We were, uh, uh, every Saturday, Friday and Saturday night, the two of us worked together. And then on uh, uh, Thursday, I used to work four and five shifts there a week. But I worked, I worked in seven different places in California, and every one got better than the next one. <clears throat> then I ran into a friend of mine who owned the bar around the corner. Oh, God. Anyway, Lays was his name. Lays Perisage. Hmm. And it was funny part of it, these guys were telling me, you look like the bartender over there I, I, at this bar. And I said, I'll, I'll go over and see him. So I went over to him, we got Dan. We did look a lot alike, glasses <laughs> and everything. Lays Paris, and he's long like me, same nationality. Yeah. We got to be real good friends. And I was working at Gina Frank's at the time, and he came over to me one day, and he says, I'm going to leave here. I'm not going to be working at this bar. Why don't you come over and work here? You'll be straight day shift. Hmm. I'll make sure of that when I leave. He says, you call out to me, kid me. You'll get five days a week, Monday through Friday. You'll have Saturday and Sunday off, and you'll have the day shift. I said, I can get, you'll get that for me? He says, yeah, if you'll come over. I said, all right, tell me when. So I quit Gene and Frank's, and they were madder in hell. <laughs> because I had, you know, on Friday and Saturday nights, you wouldn't believe the Butte, Anaconda, and Montana people that would be in there on no a Friday kidding, night. No kidding, there. Huh? Friday and Saturday nights. I mean, it was a place. It was a hangout. For yeah. Them. Really, you know, they, they, <clears throat> like uh, when they come in on Friday, we potted. 
mm. like they do here, you know. Yeah. If you get eight guys, everybody throws it at 20. So there's no deadhead behind you. The sweeper that's drinking on you but not putting any money in. Yeah. The deadhead. So we always <laughs> plot it. And Pellegrini, she says, what are you doing? He says, You're, this guy wants to buy a drink and it's going to cost him more than $20. I said, we put all the money in one pot. Everybody puts it in. Yeah. When that pot gets empty, we put more money. Everybody's paying for their drinks. Yeah. And he says, you know, that's a good idea. He says, the we're getting him in the background. And we did that every Friday and Saturday when we had a big group of us all the time. Yeah. But then I went over to Gene and Frank's. They were mad. It was a good job. I had a straight day shift. And you know, the funny part about that was there was a group of guys like we would, you know, that hung out. There were born and raised in San Francisco that hung out there. And they used to play the pinball machine and the pool table and everything. You know, and we were talking... And I told him I was from Butte, and I, my brother and I owned the Met Tavern in Butte. And uh, they says, uh, you lived in Butte? And I says, yeah. He says, and you and your brother owned the Met Tavern? I says, yeah. That was across from the Civic Center on the main Dragon Butte? I says, yeah. He says, oh, we were in there. He says, I'm going to tell you the truth. He said, we knocked you over. He says, you got robbed one night, didn't you? I says, yeah. <laughs> I says, we did. He says, well, that was us. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, yeah. And I said, he says, you know, we used to come in there. We had the punch board expert. Work the punch boards. He knew how yeah. to work them. We had the guy that on the pinball machines. How to work the pinball machines so you would win money. We had a good pool player that yeah. get into pool games. And, and, yeah, it was a chart. And make some money on the pool game. <laughs> they, I mean, they had everybody. Yeah. And I, you know, there was five of them. And they looked at me, and they says, "Yeah, we were in your bar with your brother." I says, "Yeah, we got some, we got some money out of you. We got quite a bit, in fact." I said, "Well, you, you got a lot of the machines in that." He said, "We did." He said, "We got a lot of your punch boards, your money boards, your uh, food boards, and that." On the pinball machines, we get your money out of there. We got it on the pool table, and on the, the machines that paid, we had them. We knew how to jam them to where that thing would ring up how much money you got coming. They had it all. They did they it. They figured it they out. They had everybody. Yeah. Wow. And they had a shark on the pool, and I mean, he was good. Really, yeah. really good. Oh, you, nobody in Butte could teach him. <laughs> well, Bob, uh, I, I appreciate you you coming or let me come down and talk to you at. Uh, I could talk to you for probably for a few hours, but I have to go pick my son up from, right, from school. But uh, again, I just want to say, you know, you, you're well known for the Met Tavern. You're well known for being a great baseball player, you know, being on the championship team and pitching in the mine leagues and playing first base. And, and uh, of course, but your lasting legacy is going to be that that veteran's home. Well, that's you know, that's years from now when we're both long gone, yeah, right. people are going to say Bob Pavlovich. Yep. He got this done. So that's got to feel pretty good for you. Yeah, yeah, it does. It really does, you know. And like I said, because of the restaurant's home, we got the clinic. Yeah. You know, so they don't have to go to Anaconda. And they named all the all the homes over there after each county that was on the committee. And Silver Bowl has got the big the big main hall. Yeah. That's where Silver Bowl is. All the restaurants got their name on the cottage. But they're going to do some work out there. You know, we're going to connect the cottages mm. with a drive or walkway yeah. between each cottage. And, and we're raising the money to do that and have it covered. So winter or summer, you yeah. can walk over to the next cottage. Yeah. They'll be all connected. That'd and be so nice. We we we, we bought uh, we bought uh, pinball not pinball machine. We bought pool tables. Oh, nice. Yeah, there, there's pool. I know each cottage got one, and we bought the uh, shuffleboard. 
Oh, nice. We bought shuffleboards. So I used to play at the Met all the I time, shuffleboards. I don't know if there's one in each cottage or there's just one shuffleboard in this one. Then this one gets the pool table. This oh, one yeah. gets, you know, I don't know for sure how it's worked. Yeah. And then we got uh, where you cook out, you can cook outside the... the the barbecue area, yeah. The, the barbecues. We got all of that. And we, 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 you know, we're raising money for all of that. Can't believe what each one is going to be like. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be really, really well, nice. Well, it's great to see you're going to be turn, you're turning 94 in June and you're still working so hard to yeah, take care there. of these veterans. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, 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 I out there the other day and they told me uh, the, <clears throat> the rooms are all full, all 60 men. I'd have to wait till somebody died. I said, well, I don't want to go out there and take that guy's place. I'll be the next one that goes. Yeah. But I'm thinking about it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I also looked at the, the nursing homes, yeah. you know, which one I would go to if I had to go someplace. But, <clears throat> you know, it, it surprised me. and I, I probably shouldn't say this. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't... I, well, let's be on the air... This will be on, on the internet, yeah, it'll be. Well, I, well, I got something I wanted to tell you, but I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if it's really true or whether I yeah. make a dig at them. It's something about the nursing homes, but when, when we shut this off, I'll tell you. Okay, that okay. sounds good. But anyway, uh, uh, they're all numbered. It's all nice out there. And, and like I told you, if I got out there, I'd still have my truck in one someplace out there, yeah. or somebody be there picking me up. <laughs> and and if it wasn't for you, the one in the eastern part of the state or this one wouldn't be yeah, here. Yeah, that's so. right. I rent the both of them. Yeah. And I if I was and I told him here, the one in in Columbia Falls, it's it's an old one. I said we got to build one in in, in, in northeast northwest Montana. Yeah. And, and out of Columbia Falls, and tear the old one down and build a new one. Yeah, and and I, I don't know if they're working. They're supposed to be working on that actually. Oh, that's good. Yeah, really, we need it real bad, and we need one more house out of here, and then for the <clears throat> Alzheimer's unit, and for the real disabled ones. You know, yeah. really, it would be nice, really, really nice out there. But it is. It's a nice place. We meet all the time. I haven't been to the last two meetings. We meet the first Monday of every month, hmm. and two months ago. It was, this is March, January. January meeting I went to, and our chairman, he's got the mask on, you know, yeah. and most of them have. I sat in front of him and Dave, and, and when we got through the meeting, I said, Dave, I says, I'm never coming back. Hmm. He looked at me, I says, you know, you all got a mask on. I says, if you're going to talk, take the mask off. I says, I sat right as close as you are. Yeah. You're the chairman. I sat right in front of you, and I never heard a word you said. I couldn't understand you at all yeah. with that mask on. So I'm not coming back <laughs> until you take the mask off. <laughs> well, the last two meetings, he still got it on. So, I yeah. found out. I said, oh, I said, and I called him. I says, Dave, I says, I won't come unless you take that mask off. Yeah. Yeah, he was, well, if you can't hear what him. he says he would. We'll yeah. see April 1st. See what happens. <laughs> well, hopefully they, hopefully they take it off. Yeah, we'll see. If you don't take it off, I'll get up and walk out. <laughs> I will. Yeah. And I'll get up and say, I'm sorry I'm leaving, but he's got the mask on. You people have. I won't talk. You won't come in here and take the mask off. If you want to leave it on, fine. But when you get up to talk, take it off so I can hear you. Yeah. I say, I got hearing aids, and I'm not the only one in here probably. Yeah. Yeah, for so sure. we'll see what happens. Yeah. 
Well, good luck with all that, Bob. And again, I, I appreciate your time. It's it's no problem. it's been an honor to sit here and talk with you. Well, it's been a lot of fun. It's, <laughs> there's a lot I could tell you about the East Side. You wouldn't want to know. <laughs> we were a rogue. <laughs> good bunch of kids. The ones I grew up were good. Yeah. Really. And we had quite a group, really. You know, you you take that uh, grant school championship team we had when we played Legion Ball. We had there was Peroni, <laughs> Johnson, Wilbur, myself, Kello, and Vesurvich. Five of us played on that Legion team in 65 and 66. 56. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it wasn't too bad. Off of one team. Yeah. Off of one area, you know. That's pretty oh, good. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, very proud of the Grant School. Now there is no, And you know what's funny part? My daughter, my youngest one, Mar, Mar, Marissa. No. God, I can't think of her name. Isn't that terrible? Anyway, my youngest daughter got to go to kindergarten at the grand school before they turned it down. Mo did. Oh, nice. Yeah, she got to go Good to the grand school. I said, that's where I went by eight years. She said, Daddy, I got to go there for kindergarten. I said, that's <laughs> nice. You're the, I, you're the youngest one, and you got to go there. I said, I will always remember that. Yeah. That was our school, the grand. <laughs> but in them days, you know, we had all the grade schools. Yeah. The Grant, the Lincoln, the McKinley, the Webster, the Jefferson, the Greeley, Emerson, all them grade schools. Now they don't have them. Look at all the Catholic schools. Yeah. Look at the West Side. The Lincoln, the McKinley, or Cole, up and down Walker, the Sherman schools, the Blaine. There is no more Blaine. Yeah. There's four there alone. Like I say, you got Webster Garfield. There used to be the Webster and the Garfield, two different schools. We went to the Garfield for some education. I don't know what it was. Then you had them in Rhodes. There was no more. Well, there is a Monroe, but it's a yeah, first grade school, I guess it is, whatever you call it. Yeah, and Longfellow's gone. Yeah. And, and then, then, like I say, you had the Jefferson, you had McQueen, oh God, you had all, all kinds of great schools. Greeley, they're all gone. <laughs> all right. Well, again, thanks a lot, Bob. I appreciate it. I'll talk to My you pleasure. soon. Thank you. Thank you for coming down. Proud to be from you.